morning, July 26th. Toby and TJ back with you. Countdown continues today. We're talking North Carolina football, and it is our great pleasure to welcome in now the play-by-play voice of the Tar Heels, the outstanding Jones Angel. Jones, good morning. How are you today, sir? Toby, I'm doing great. Always good to hear from you. I hope you are doing well, and uh, man, it's hard to believe this. I feel like this summer has just... Uh, melted away kind of literally and figuratively that we're uh, right here now on the cusp of training camp getting started here in uh, in a week or so in chapel hill and many other places and so excited to talk a little football i didn't think about this till right now uh i think we get to see each other in december this year over in charlotte i think the sooners and that's tar right. heels are playing basketball against each other right yeah that's right in that uh, relatively new uh jordan brand classic uh carolina Last year played Michigan in that event. I think you and you guys played uh, played Florida, and so uh, they'll shuffle the deck this year and have a game. And it's right before Christmas uh, there in the Charlotte area for Carolina and Oklahoma. Of course, all four of those schools are Jordan Brand schools, and so uh, looking forward to it. Uh, that that should be a lot of fun. It will be great to see you, TJ. Have you decided who you're rooting for in that game yet? Still I know you're to torn. be, uh, be determined. Yeah, TBA. Okay, very good. Um, Point Jones. Flip. I understand it. Yeah, he's a big Carolina guy. My producer is. Uh, I knew I liked TJ, say. but as soon as he called me this morning, I knew I liked him for yeah. some reason. Front runner is another way of saying that, but it's okay. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, football wise, how are the Tar Heel fans feeling going into this year? Drake May is back. That's exciting. Last year ended with a little bit of a thud, though. So, what's the feeling and anticipation going into this year? Yeah, I think that thud was a little louder, at least around Chapel Hill, than than you think, Toby. It was a disappointing finish to, to last year for sure. I mean, Carolina at one point was sitting there at 9-1 and one and had, at that point, already clinched its half of the ACC. It had just picked up a, a really quality road win at a good Wake Forest team, which is a, a quality place, tough place to play. And, and the Tar Heels really felt good. You know, they, they started – I think especially Tariel fans started really adjusting their expectations at that point. And why not? I mean, certainly you have placed yourself in a terrific position. And then that thud occurred when Carolina lost two games against teams that I do think the Tariels were were better than in total, both of them at home. And both of those were really disappointing losses. One was to Georgia Tech, which Carolina was just straight better than. Um, and the Tar Heels didn't play very well in, in that particular game, and Georgia Tech did. Tar Heels were up 17-0 at one point in that contest and let it slip away. And, and then against NC State, and, and of course when you lose to your rival in overtime on a missed field goal, 
um, that's not going to sit well, especially when it happens at home. So you had those two slip-ups at the end of the regular season, and then Carolina lost two more games, one in the ACC championship against Clemson, who was better than Carolina last year, and then against Oregon in the Holiday Bowl, another game where the Tar Heels led by two scores in the final quarter, maybe about 10 minutes or so to go. Uh, they had a two-score lead and, and, again, saw it slip away at the end. And so it, it really left, I think, a sour taste in a lot of Tar Heel fans' mouths um, for the end of the year, even though in total, 9-5, and five, a division championship in the league, um, some really high-quality wins, particularly early in the year. I think the 10,000-foot view of that is, man, that, that was a not a perfect year, but a pretty good season. Um, but the way it ended has really uh, – left this offseason in a little bit of flux and so I think Carolina has a lot to prove early on in this year they'll get a chance to do it right out of the gate Mm -hmm. when they play South Carolina and Charlotte then Appalachian State and Minnesota at home and back-to-back weeks that's a tough start and so um, the Tar Heels will need to play well early both to be successful and I think to get a little bit more momentum back behind where they want to be. Um, I know it's a long answer, Toby, but I'll finish by saying I think the good news is they have a team that can't do it. They they certainly have a quarterback. They have the skill position players to to be successful. I think there's some question marks on on the defensive front and the offensive line, more so in just seeing those units perform, not necessarily in in who's available or the talent there. Um, But, again, they'll get all those opportunities here very early in the season to show that. Well, let's talk about uh, the defense because uh, I, don't, I don't have any doubt. I think most don't that uh, Drake May and that offense are going to put up some points. Elijah Green and somebody, they're going. who's going to replace Josh Downs? Who's going to be the go-to guy at wide receiver? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and Carolina really hit the transfer portal hard uh, at the wide receiver position. Two guys in particular, Nate McCollum uh, from Georgia Tech is a really good lot guy and that's where Josh Downs was uh, not all the time but a majority of the time uh, he was in the slot position McCollum is not quite the same type of player but still a proven uh, power five level receiver that has put up good numbers at uh, Georgia Tech uh, and the guy they're really excited about is uh, Dantes Walker he, he's coming to Carolina from Kent State and he really is uh, was impressive uh, to the Tar Heels in the spring He's got good size, good speed, good hands. I mean, just checked all the boxes. And so he, he is a different type of receiver than Josh Downs, who really did it more so with just his pure knowledge of the game and um, his ability to get into open spaces and then make guys miss, um, whereas Walker is, is more of a physical uh, specimen out there. And so you mix those two guys in with some good young receivers that Carolina has brought along here over the last few years. And they don't. I don't think the Tar Heels are concerned about what they have at the skilled position spots, even with losing such a quality guy like Josh Downs. They've struggled defensively, um, had a really hard time stopping the run last year. Do you have high hopes? Yeah. Does Mac have high hopes they can be better this year? Well, they've just got to be. I mean, that that's the answer. Is for the Tar Heels to get where they want to go, they have to be better on that side of the ball because you know, the, the Tar Heels have been – good they, they want to get to that next level they, they want to become very good or great and, and to be able to do that they just have to get better on the defensive side they have recruited very well on that side of the ball but that side that recruit those recruiting rankings as sometimes they do 
have not showed uh, on the field as much as some of the quality recruiting that the Tar Heels were able to do on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, actually, Toby, yesterday morning spoke uh, or hosted a breakfast in which Coach Brown was, was the keynote speaker. And I thought he said something really interesting on this topic. Is he talked, Of course, Gene Chizik is Carolina's defensive coordinator, a name very familiar, I'm sure, to, to, to you and to most people listening. And Coach Chizik had been out of the game for five years. He, you know, he had been uh, the head coach at Auburn and, and done all these different things and then got out of the game and then was in TV for five seasons before coming back last year. And Coach Brown said that, that Gene Chizik straight told him about halfway through the year that, you know, it, it has taken – he thought it took him several weeks of that season just to catch up to where college football had gotten to in those five years. And, and we see it now. I mean, we see how many more formations there are for an offense, how much faster offensive, uh, offenses go, um, how valuable that, that space of the field both lengthwise and widthwise is. And even though that was around five, six years ago, it's even more dramatic now. And so I think Coach Chizik feels more comfortable now. I think he has a better understanding of what he is going up against. And I feel like the Tar Heels feel like they are better prepared to be better on that side of the ball. I will say, I do think Carolina was better than maybe some of the straight stats Suggest. Again, that's not to say that the Toriels were good enough, but some of those stats really got ugly for some ugly performances early in the season. I do think Carolina's defense got better in the second half of last year, but it still needs to take some steps forward for Carolina to be as good as it thinks it can be. One of the most interesting openers uh, in the country. Game day is going to be there. Prime time, September 2nd, North Carolina, South Carolina. Um, I'm interested in in that rivalry, I guess I'm using the right word there. I think we're all aware of North Carolina NC State, certainly uh, North Carolina and Duke, some of that maybe more basketball famous than football famous. But what is the nature of the North Carolina-South Carolina series? And then just talk about the matchup a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly an edge to that game. And I think the interesting part about it is they've played each other relatively frequently, and they signed a deal to play each other for, for a handful of games, and, and that's what this game coming up is a part of. But tell me, they've just kind of seen each other randomly at some key moments, I feel like, over the last 10 or 12 years in the history, at least of the Tar Heels, and most notably was at the beginning of the 2019 season, which was the first season that Mac Brown was back as the head coach of the Tar Heels. And he took a team that, that quite honestly, you know, was not super talented, although we found out a little bit later some of those guys like Michael Carter and Javante Williams were going to turn out to be pretty good players. But um, that team had not had a lot of success. You know, it was the transition of the coach. Um, they really were low on talent on the defensive side. And they played South Carolina in Charlotte. Um, to start the year, and it was a, a pretty stunning victory for the Tar Heels and, and a big one for Mac Brown to catapult this second tenure as the head coach of the Heels. So they've had some quite, if you're looking at it from the Tar Heel perspective, there have been some really good moments. And, and then they played South Carolina again in Charlotte in, in the bowl game and the end of Sam Howell's uh, Tar Heel career in, in a season when the Tar Heels had a lot of hype at the beginning of the year. They lost to Virginia Tech to, to start the season in Blacksburg in the first year back post-COVID. 
and then just uh, that kind of set the tone for the whole year, which was just uh, not much fun for the Tar Heels. And they went out and put an absolute stinker out there uh, against the Gamecocks. I think the final, I, I think it was 38-21 South Carolina, but it was not even that close. And, and the Gamecocks were playing basically with a wide receiver at quarterback and just ran the ball every play and ran it right down the Tar Heels' throats. So th- there have been some key moments, even just in this second tenure of Mac Brown. Um, in Chapel Hill against South Carolina. And it feels like this is another one. The Gamecocks, of course, have a ton of momentum after a really strong close to the season a year ago, including that victory over Clemson at the end of the regular season, Um, whereas the Tar Heels even had a better record than South Carolina last year, but they don't seem to have that same momentum right now. So it, it is certainly a rivalry that has become more frequent as of late. There is definitely some heat when these two uh, get together, and, and particularly there in Charlotte. It's, it's a little closer to Columbia than to, uh, to Chapel Hill, but not by much. Uh, both of them are about somewhere between 90 minutes and two and a half hours at max uh, away from Charlotte. So you're going to have a bunch of fans for both schools there, and, and it traditionally has been a great atmosphere and, and a pretty heated ballgame. Final question. I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, Mac. You know, we uh, have a long and proud tradition of hating all things Texas around here. <laughs> but, you know, Mac was – there's probably some people listening right now that would disagree. I think we all kind of remember him fondly a little bit because of how entertaining he was and the way he talks. And not that you didn't want to beat his socks off when you played him, but Mac sure. was just fun. He was kind of fun. You know, the Bob Stoops-Mac Brown showdowns were fun, and now he's out in North Carolina – I don't know. I think there's some folks around here that cheer for Mac to have success now. I could be wrong, but you've worked with him for several years now. Do you have a favorite moment or an interview or, or maybe it was a, a breakfast, like you said, or a setting? There's something uh, over the last few uh, four or five years with Mac, uh, a story you could tell us about. Just I mean, he's one of the he's one of the greats and he's certainly one of the unique coaches in college football. Yeah, you know, Toby, I don't know if I have one story. I'll I'll kind of get a winding road here and, and finish it up because I know you guys are on time. But I, to me, what's been so fun to watch, and, and I'm dating myself here a little bit, but in Mac in Mac Brown's first tenure in Chapel Hill, you know, that's when I was, you know, right in that perfect age of like, you know, just young Tariel fan, living yeah. and dying with with every game that was happening and, and young enough that, that it, it was still okay to just be all in, but old enough to understand with what was happening out there on the field. And, and I grew up with Mac Brown as the head coach of Carolina football all the way to my freshman year at Carolina, which was Mac's last season in his first tenure uh, with the Tar Heels, when he had gotten the Tar Heels from 1-10 in, in his first two years. Not just one season of 1-10, in 10, but back-to-back 1-10 in 10 seasons to then all of a sudden when they were not just one of the best teams in the league, but they were one of the five teams, uh, four or five best teams in the country in his final season in Chapel Hill. So it has just been so much fun for me to get an opportunity to work with him now in this second reclamation project with Carolina. And, and the Tar Heels were not in as difficult a spot the second time around as they were the first time around. But what it has shown me is just how uniquely compatible – Mac Brown is with Carolina football. Toby, I'm not sure anybody else could have come in the way that Mac Brown did and turned the Tar Heels' fortunes as quickly as he did. He just understands the place. His personality fits here. 
Um, and he has done a terrific job. And so I get the question all the time in these types of interviews, you know, how much longer does Mac have? I have no idea. He's really enjoying doing it. Is he on the older side of things? Of course, he's over 70. But he really enjoys it. I think he is enjoying taking a leadership role, not just at Carolina, but on a national level uh, with college football as best he can with some of these really challenging things that we have going on uh, in the sport right now, trying to find our way uh, moving forward over the next five, six, seven years. And uh, I think he really enjoys that. And I'll say, I saw him yesterday. He's dropped 40 pounds this summer, so he looks great. I think he's feeling great, Um, and I think he really enjoys the position that he's in, both at Carolina and in total in the game of college football. North Carolina, South Carolina, primetime September 2nd. That's how the season starts for the Tar Heels. He's Jones Angel, play-by-play voice for UNC. Jones, I'll see you in December in Charlotte. Thanks, bud. Looking forward to it, Toby. Always enjoy the time. Hope you're doing well. Thanks, friend. There you go. Jones Angel, I didn't have the heart to tell him, Teach, that uh, Mac broke the news on our station earlier today that he'll be retiring at the end of the season. <laughs> didn't want to tell him about the XFL. I didn't want to show him up. I didn't want to show him. He'll figure it out. He'll find it out. Break time, North Carolina at 23. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. RK Blatt brings you this hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show, your document management network solution for your small or medium-sized business right here in Oklahoma or Kansas. They can handle it all, 405-943-9800 or rkblatt.com. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's see here. We got let's send a screenshot of something from Brad in Bartlesville. It says, "Eat whatever you like because the inventor of the treadmill died at 54. The inventor of gymnastics died at 57. The world bodybuilding champion died at 41. Then the KFC inventor died at 94. Inventor of Nutella, uh, uh, 88, and the inventor, uh, inventor of Hennessy died at 98." How did doctors come to the conclusion that exercise prolongs life when the rabbit is always jumping but lives for only two years? The turtle doesn't exercise at all and lives over 200 years. So rest, chill, eat, drink, and enjoy your life. There you go. Thank you very much. All right. <laughs> half of that was depressing. Half right. of that was encouraging. It was a very good rabbit hair uh, analogy in there. So, All right. I'm going to eat whatever I want then. Forget this losing weight stuff, Tej. I'm putting the pounds right back That's on, right. baby. That's right. Uh, I also saw this from Jeff Haxton, closer to our age demographic, says, I saw Oppenheimer. I think it will take a while to grasp the whole thing, the gravity of it. Wow, really good. So that's better than mid. So Haxton did he, did he flip everybody the bird afterwards yes. or everything? Yes. Or? Okay. He helped. Uh, uh, yeah, he probably uh, – Help chase everyone out of the theater afterwards, screaming at them or something. Get out of here! Uh, Big Bad Wolf says, uh, laughing face emoji. For real, though. Uh, for, really, for real. Is that Tyler, though? <laughs> 23 equals Jordan equals North Carolina. Place what? your bets now. What? That's what the no 214 uh, texter says. How many more of these teams do I have to do, by the way? This is exhausting. 
Uh, I'm already tired of the open, so I'm going to have to just abbreviate it to when I just intro you, I think. <laughs> uh, no, it's great. I like My favorite part is talking about the Big 12 at the very end. That's great. Uh, you know it's funny that some airhead is going to believe Mac Brown is leaving and the XFL is going to blow up. Or the X is going to blow up, excuse me. That's the mm-hmm. Twitter. Uh, yeah. The X. Well, that was the big announcement earlier today, right on this show. Mac Brown retiring at the end of this year going to start an xfl franchise so he can once again compete against bob stoops uh this texter says i've never noticed how much ted cruz sounds like mac brown (laughs) all right uh great book to read of frogs and men (laughs) okay uh toby definitely a snake patrolling discovered Mm -hmm. one in our garage as I was opening the door and it was hanging in front of my face. No oh, bueno, no. I don't oh. do snakes. Oh, no. That's from Triple L. Do you remember? Oh, my gosh. Oh, that would be horrific. You remember several years ago now, I came on, uh, I was telling you about this big snake that we found in our flower bed and, and Trevor and I killing it. Do you remember how much hate and criticism I got for that? Yes, because it was taking care of uh, spiders and rats and everything around your house. And I guess, I, yeah, you, that you, and just you disrupted the uh, ecosystem. Like PETA yeah. came after me and everything. I was like, dude, it was a big snake in my flower bed. What am I supposed to just say? You know what? Have fun, buddy. Yeah, Thanks I am because I'm here. just screaming and running the other way. Probably I was so the proud. The, the adrenaline the chase, not, not chase, but there's a little bit of a chase. Everything that went into that hour or so that we dis- dispensed with that was just as masculine as I've ever been, Teach. <laughs> and then everyone yelled at you. And I came on the air the next day just bragging about it, and then, yeah, everybody yelled at me about it. So That's been probably seven, eight, ten years ago now. But, yeah, I've probably got some creature out there. I haven't found him yet. But he's probably patrolling. Someone has just sent us a picture of the Taco Tico in Duncan. Says, uh, let Toby know it's one block south of Main Street on Highway 81. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so what do you think? Uh, let's say uh, we go golf today. Everything goes well. We probably wrap up around 7 or 8 p.m. We're starving, Teach. Okay. Yeah. Do we do Taco Tico, Tasty Burger, or Cali Burrito? These are the three suggestions we've had. So... Here's my problem with this. I haven't had Taco Tico since I was probably 13, 14 years old. Right. I don't remember when they all started shutting down and we only got left with a few. Did they have one in Enid? I want to say there was or there was one somewhere near there because I I remember going to it. Um, And I remember it being outstanding. But that's that's where I'm having trouble here. Was it outstanding for 13-year-old, 14-year-old TJ? Would it hold up for – 49-year-old TJ. You see what I'm saying? Like, the Tasty Burger I've saying, heard. The Tasty but, Burger I've heard about, I've never mm-hmm. experienced it, but I've heard from a lot of people that it's incredible. So, I'm a little tore here. I don't know which way to go there. You're not going to go Cali Burrito, though, because Probably not. them get a, liberals don't know how to... I would never I, eat I, anywhere with a Cali. In no, it has to do with... Like, if I'm going to go burritos, then I'm going for the uh, nostalgia of the, the Taco Tico. So, okay. yeah. I completely understand what you're saying about it was good for 13 or it's good now. This is where you and I, though, have a separation, and we've talked about this before. (laughs) I've never grown up. 
Like all these things that I thought were good when I was a kid, I still think are good. And all of the rest of society, the taste buds have matured. You know, like you guys are like. So, like, there's never, things that you could eat as a kid. Olive that you, Garden was good. Now it's garbage. Like, there's not things that you eat and you're like, oh, I'm going to regret this and know it. And then you still eat it and then you just feel miserable afterwards now. As Such an adult. as. Like, it like, makes my, like my I insides used to, hurt. I used to love jack-in-the-box tacos when I was younger. Loved them. Yeah. I can't, the, the grease and stuff now, like, I eat it and it just sits on my stomach. I don't feel great. I'm probably going to be in the bathroom pretty shortly after. So, like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I loved them when I was younger. I can't, and, and Taco Tico's not what, that's not what I'm talking about. It, I don't, I'm not afraid of it making me. Uh, my stomach upset or something. I'm wondering if the taste is going to be what I remember it being. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, and I'm sure that'll happen to me at some point as I continue to age, if I continue to age. But so far, I've been okay in that area. Like, I don't eat stump something and it bothers me. Like, I, just, I mean, it's bad for me. And I might, I'm going to get fat because of it, but it doesn't, like, I don't have indigestion or heart, I don't get heartburn, I don't, yeah, that doesn't happen huh. to me yet, so, no. Boy. It all still Your tastes good. Your body's a temple, man. Huh. No, my body's not a temple, and I have a million problems between the ears and, and everywhere, but that's not something that has happened to me yet. I still eat a million jalapenos, Teach. I, I've been hospitalized for eating too many jalapenos. <laughs> you still go back. I still love them. Where, yeah. where were we the other day? We were driving around, Katie and I. Oh, we were we were down in Te- oh Ardmore. Uh, we had stopped there for lunch on the way to Tyler the other day. We stopped in Ardmore, and we're leaving town. I said, oh, they had a Grandy's. I didn't know. We should have gone to Grandy's. We haven't ate there yeah. in years. And she looked at me, and she goes, you realize the last time we ate at uh, Grandy's, I said, yeah, we both ended up with food poisoning, and we haven't ate there since. <laughs> so. Thanks for reminding me, is that what you yeah. said? Yeah, she's like, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> Mike so. Steely t- uh, texted, I took a six-foot snake out with a shovel in the driveway three years ago, and the snake people came after me, too. <laughs> <laughs> six foot? <laughs> it wasn't six foot. Stop it. Are you accusing Steely of exaggerating? I think he's exaggerating there. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Uh, Sean says, Taco Tico, taco burger and cheese, enchiladas, so good. Okay. So, uh, I think most are saying go Taco Tico yeah, Give me an example of a place that you used to like as a kid that you think is garbage now. Not that it hurts your stomach or something, but you're just like, all right, I used to like it. Now I just I'm mature oh, well, past it. You know my McDonald's order, and I haven't, I yeah. haven't uh, ate at McDonald's in – is Outside that because you don't think sandwich. it tastes good or because Katie won't let you go there? So, I, I, I take that back. So, I stopped at a McDonald's about three weeks ago. I was by uh-huh. myself. It was the only place that was really convenient. I was uh, on the road, and I said, ah, I'm just going to swing by McDonald's. Mm-hmm. My destination was a little further away than I needed it to be, and I'm like, I have Got to get to the lake because this is not going oh, to sit well. Oh, it just well. went right through you? Oh, man. My stomach so almost. So that's what I'm talking yeah. about. You're not talking about the taste. And You're the talking taste. about the. No, the taste, too. I was like, man, because I remember I would used to just hammer double cheeseburgers at McDonald's. And that's what. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get a couple of double cheeseburgers here. Yeah. And 
even the fries, I was just like, gosh, how did I love this so much? Like, it Dude, was just I'm sorry. We, I, I, you, you get out of here with ripping on McDonald's French fries. They're McDonald's not has, as good as they were when I was a kid. It's great. No, see, that's what I'm talking about. I completely disagree. <laughs> I do not eat at McDonald's. How because dare you insult food? It's bad for you. <laughs> I don't eat there very often at all. I'm trying not to eat there at all now, but I get it. It's bad for me. But dadgummit, man, you, it's a hot day like this, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and you roll up with one of those Cokes and a fry at McDonald's? Holy cow, that is good stuff. Taco like, Bell, that is, I want it to be as good as it was when I was in my late teens and 20s. It's just not to me anymore. Well, okay, I'll agree with you on some of that because they've changed some of their food. Right, right. Like thinner taco shells and things like that. A bean burrito, though, still slaps at Taco Bell. <laughs> I'm telling you, my taste buds have never matured. <laughs> I'm still a teenager. Still love a Big Mac. You telling me you don't think a Big Mac is delicious? I, I, I honestly, I couldn't tell you the last time I've had a Big Mac. So still good, man. So good. We'll take a break. Eight thirty. That's why I look the way I look, DJ. I love it all. We'll be back. The Ref Radio Sports <laughs> Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. I got a, uh, uh, there's a tweet that caught my eye, but I don't know if uh, if we're allowed to talk about it. So I'm going to send you t- a text right now, TJ. And it's about a couple of, uh, one, one is a gas station and one's a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Tell me if we've got, like, competitive advertisers or anything that would prevent me from talking about these two places, okay? I um, just sent it to you. They, they are neither one sponsors here or, do, or advertisers. Do we have competitive sponsors that, that would be uh, that would prevent me from? Uh... I don't think so. Not that's coming to mind, no. Definitely not on the first one. And the second one, no. Not that I'm thinking of, no. Um. So they are having a... a a Twitter war right now. Oh, are they? Uh, Taco Bueno tweeted yesterday the following. The official Taco Bueno account. Being an adult means getting your chicken taquitos from Bueno, not pre-frozen, dried-out roller taquitos from a gas station. Okay? Okay. You with me? I'm with you. To which... Quick Trip replied, (laughs) QT replied, you're picking a fight that you will not win. (laughs) (laughs) And the QT army has come out now. They are, uh, they are attacking Taco Bueno for uh, attacking their, Roller taquitos that apparently everybody loves. People from the Tulsa area are very protective. Yeah. Very protective of the QT. So we'll continue to watch this showdown between uh, Taco Bueno and Quick Trip. The SmackDown is on. <laughs> right. A couple of our other hosts have uh, texted me. Let me see who says that. Uh, oh, I can't read that one. Thank you still, man. Made me laugh. Travis. Davidson, in 1992, McDonald's changed from frying their fries in beef tallow to frying them in vegetable oil. 
it was the saturated fat health scare that made them change it. They went to vegetable oil to come across healthier. I don't care. They're still delicious. All right. I don't know See, what they used the to change. do what I they do now. I knew when I had them, I say something's changed. It was McDonald's french fries are amazing. Okay. I asked uh, Jones Angel a question about Mac Brown. Am I, how do you think Sooner fans feel about Mac Brown now? Now I think they find him as a lovable character. Yeah. Uh, character. Character's the right word. And I think most of them find him – uh, funny. I don't think there's hatred there by the majority of them. Now, there's still going to be some that I can't stand Matt Brown. He was a Texas coach. You can't yeah. ever like a Texas coach. But well, I think I the mean, majority. I, I should be the leader of that army, but for some reason, I find him kind of lovable. He's now. kind of the lovable, goofy old man now at this point, and he's he's no threat to OU or anything at this point. So, um, Even when he was at Texas. Oh, great. As great much as you value. wanted to beat him. Mm hmm. He was comedy value, and he was a good guy. Like, Mac has been on our show. Like, the real Mac Brown yes. has been on our show. You, you could call up the head coach at Texas, and he'll say, yeah, I'll come on with you. Uh, so even when he was at Texas, he, I He was on uh, I, that, the weekend of the game it. on one of your Friday shows, I believe, at one point. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm not. I, I, that's an interesting game because of what it means. Uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, both have a chance to have a good season. So how they start could put them on the right foot or wrong foot. But you've also got an interesting quarterback matchup: Drake May, one of the best quarterbacks in the country; Spencer Rattler, trying to be that, and the head coaches, right? Mac Brown and uh, and Shane Beamer. Yeah, no, it'll be a fun so, game. It'll be fun. Fortunately, unfortunately, we'll get to watch it because it doesn't kick off till 6.30 and the Oklahoma season opener, correct me if I'm wrong, is at 11 a.m. I think right? they've moved that to 9 a.m. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's early kickoff. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> you, know how the, you know how upset everyone is going to be when 2024 rolls around first year in the sec and we get the schedule and the sec opener is at 11 a.m i'm expecting it to happen i'm expecting mind. it to happen uh this says that this 918 on the knippelmeyer chevrolet test line says my opinion of matt brown remains unchanged he comes across as an incompetent goofball huh um let's see here well i get that to some extent like the persona he gives off and, you know, even the caricature and all that kind of stuff is kind of of, of, of a lovable oaf, right? Like, yes. The, but obviously he knows what he's doing. Well, he definitely knows what he's doing. He's been highly successful in the business, so. For a long time. He is a lovable goofball, though, like, and does seem incompetent. There's a... There's a tweet or a, you know social media post that will come up on my time hop that I made years ago that I said, someone, can you make me one of those posters? And I need it to say, uh, Mac Brown, knots are a bleep. And it's I can still remember him on the sideline trying to tie his shoe during a game. And it was something was going on, and he was, he was irritated at his shoes, and he couldn't get a knot undone. And so he throws his headset down, 
and like leaves the shoe like half untied. I don't remember what game it was or what year, but that always pops up on my timeline, and I laugh because I can remember that moment still to this day when he's trying to tie his shoe and can't get the knot undone. Max said that uh, Chris Sims is going to be his offensive coordinator and Gabe Manecki is going to be his <laughs> defensive coordinator. The XFL. That's brilliant. I think Tyler spent two hours prepping for that interview. I do, too. Today. Yeah, he did fantastic. a lot of research. That was great. Uh, this says, I missed the back and forth between Mac and Bob. It adds to the fun when coaches talk smack yeah. to each other. I agree. Yeah. Who will be Brent Venable's foil Oh, geez. In the SEC, in the is SEC? it going to be – is it Sarkeesian? Or are they going to get along? Or is it going to be Jimbo? Is it going to be Brian <sighs> Kelly? You know, he's kind of fighting with Mario Cristobal right now. Yeah. And, and, and uh, uh, Dion, those guys aren't in the uh, SEC. There's going to be somebody in the SEC who Brent gets crossways with. I'm trying to run down in my head to think of who it would be. I don't know that there's a leading candidate for me. I don't see him and Brian Kelly really getting after it. Um, everybody in Jimbo, right? That's that's the thing. Jimbo will just go and fire off on everyone, so I don't think it would be a one-on-one thing. Oh. I don't know. That's a good question. It would be fun mm-hmm. if it was Beamer. It won't be Beamer. <laughs> it won't be Beamer. Be- I'm listen. saying in a fun, friendly manner. If they just kind of took shots at each other, not uh, you know, it's not hey, anything hate-filled the, or anything. Hit, hit the button where it's just you and me talking for a second. Uh, okay, all right, hold on. How many buttons do you have to hit to make that? Are you turning off all the affiliates one at a time? one at a time. You remember when Shane uh, Shane Beamer was very complimentary towards OU at SEC Media Days? Correct. Yes, that they were SEC ready. Shane Beamer is going to be very complimentary toward Oklahoma up until the point where he feels like he has no shot of being the next head coach at Oklahoma. So right now you're saying there's still a chance. Well, I mean, right now OU went six and seven last year. He's having success. He's like, I'm gonna if I play my cards right, I could be the next guy there. And then if Brent, you know, starts rolling and that becomes apparent, then maybe we start to see some trash talk. But Shane's gonna be nice to us for a while. Oh, I get you. I get that yeah. angle. I get that angle. Okay, put us back on the air. All right. Yeah, man. Oh, you, you, you. See if Drake can, like, reduce that to just one or two buttons for you. Drake's That's probably saying, quit hitting the buttons that fast on the board. That is a lot. Chris Plank joins us to wrap up the show next. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com.